0: Hey guys, what's going on? It's Jeff a quick note before the show begins the audio from these podcasts mostly come from live video YouTube streams on my channel They may vary in quality from show to show and reference visual content not described to you the listener I'm sorry about that If you prefer video to go with this audio head over to youtube.com backslash from us F-r-u-m-e-s-s for the whole enchilada who doesn't like a whole enchilada anyway? Good evening, how do you do this evening, we're gonna go live right now, gonna talk about the misfits now, cause that's what we do on the show, oh! Awful hair day, ho. Okay. All right, all right, all right. Hmm. Welcome to the Streaming Eve live show. We're going to talk about the mistlets anyhow. Yo, I got to tell you, I really, big shout out to Sharpie Riot because, you know, When I had him on Pizza Punk, we um, we were talking about playing guitar and talking about bar chords and stuff, power chords, power chords. And he kind of broke down. He helped me to understand that, like, power chords are kind of like a simplified way of playing chords. And, you know we have like a junior acoustic guitar, uh, my son's junior acoustic guitar. And I like actually looked some up and like tried, you know, it's terribly out of tune, but like I was actually like kind of like strumming up and down the neck. And it didn't sound like, you know, half bad. Like it sounded like, you know, it made sense. Whatever I was playing made sense, but it was really cool because I felt like I unlocked a side of my brain that, you know, uh, always had a desire to try and, do anything musical and, you know, I've done limited musical experiments. I've written several songs and recorded a few. Actually, there's one track I've never released called Something New. So I might, I might release that. Uh, We'll see. We will see. There's another track called Drink, Drink Your Blood Tonight, which we actually played on the show a while back. Um, But yeah, I don't know. Maybe I'll put some more of these recordings on the YouTube channel. Maybe. Um, my my talker is all talked out because yesterday we did good, good evening, uh, <laughs> ghoul evening, room org. Um, hope you're well. Hope you and the family are well. Getting ready for Christmas and re- whatnot. That's exciting. Yesterday, we did four and a half hours on Jingle All the Way, me and some of my phone friends. And, you know, when we all get together, we can just talk and talk and talk. And then today, I did two and a half hours on Hook and Scream. So that was seven hours of talking in the last two days alone for shows that are not even on this channel. Although I think I'm going to be getting some of that video for the Hook and the Scream. I don't know about the other one. So my talker is already a little sore, if I'm being honest. But it's Wednesday and we have got a show to do because holidays are coming up. We got to stay on top of things, guys. We got to stay on top of things. And I think that um, the, the best thing that we could do right now is start the show the proper way. How do we start the show here? Oh, what did I just do? What did I just do? I just did something. I just did something. We got to start the show the proper way. There's only one way to do that. Jeff is gonna talk about the mystery right now. He's a nerd about this stuff, obsessed anyhow. Jeff never shuts his face, always needs to talk. My man's somewhere waiting when I'm home. Do your thing, he, he doesn't care. He's not in Backstage. Yeah, um, I left the window open, Walter White, down in New Zealand. I left the window open down here, and it's very cold. So I put on a jacket, or a vest, I should say. I invested in a vest to stay a little bit warm. So that's what I'm doing right now. Got a lot of uh, stuff planned for the future. Keep your eyes peeled. Uh, tomorrow, Patreons, if you are a Patreon, tomorrow is the day. We drop a Patreon exclusive only episode. You have to be a Patreon YouTube casualty in order to enjoy this special episode. Got more special content coming. Keep your eyes peeled like bananas. I think I've set the sights on the next like long form documentary style video that I want to do for the the channel. Although I don't know. I don't know what it's going to look like exactly, but we'll see. We'll see. In the midst of all the other things that we got going on, secret projects, fingers and pies, all sorts of jazz. That's the way we work here. Whew, trying to think what else I could say for a little, just to warm up, warm us, warm us up here before we launch into the meaty meat. Um, I okay. So there is okay. So uh, Jonathan Grimm Tank who was with the new Misfits from I think 93 or 94, probably 94, 94, maybe even 95, all the way up to 2008. He, and an avid Misfits collector, like had the biggest collection ever, as known as the, the, the Grim collection, right? Uh, he is going to be on the show and that's going to be a, probably a multi-parter episode. We're still working out, ironing out all the details for that, but that is going to be a stellar show. Uh, Jim, Jim, has an intimate knowledge of the inner workings of a lot of that stuff and knows it well and has lots of good stories and is a great uh, storyteller and a great, just sort of, uh, he's really good at talking. And um, I I love listening to him. He just goes, he's meticulous and detail oriented. It's wonderful, wonderful to hear him talk and whatnot. So that's, that's always good. Um, Who saw Spider-Man no, uh, three i did and i absolutely loved it i did a review on it with my friend nate dog that's on the channel check it out if you are into comic books we go a little bit we dive into the comic book stuff that 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 spider-man no way home borrows from from the early aughts i won't really get into that but there are certain storylines that are lifted a little bit which is good i like it when i like it when the cinematic universe uh builds on something that's from comics especially comics that i read in my 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 reading career i i heavily read comics for about 10 years and if you look over there on that wall the shelf it's just full of comics just tons and tons of comics and I yeah, so it's just so cool when when they harken back to that age. i I, I fell off, man. I thought, you know why? Uh, reading comics is a very expensive habit. You know, they talk about how drugs, you know drugs are can be a very expensive habit to keep up with. Smoking is a very expensive habit to keep up with. Uh, I think the ha- a habit that sort of um, trumps both of those is is comic books. And I don't even mean like collecting the, the 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 you know issue to issue month to month. I like to read trade paperbacks. Like I go through. I want to go through the whole story. Don't I, I? Don't have that patience to go month to month to month to month. I I want to read the whole story. And because I am a I'm a voracious reader, as I'm sure many of you are. I didn't say I was a good reader. I said I was a voracious reader. And especially comic books. I mean, you can go through a, a whole volume. I think I inhaled the first 49 issues of Invincible, which is in the compendium one. I did it in about a week. And I had to taper myself because I was trying to slow it down. But it's about it's about 1,100 pages. Comic book pages. That's what I mean. Comic book pages are nothing. Speaking of reading, um, I'm not sure what the format is, but we're going to be doing a read-along. What are we going to be doing a read-along of? The Return of the Living Dead novelization. I think it'll start as a Patreon exclusive and eventually it will get released onto the channel. So it'll probably be about like a month behind. So basically I'm going to read it and then a month later it'll come out on the channel. So if you are a fan of Return of the Living Dead, we are going to go through the novelization. This was suggested to me in the comments at a bu- on a bunch of different shows. And I decided that I, I think, you know, I wanted to revisit the, the novelization anyway. So I think this is the perfect time to revisit it and dive in last year we went through the complete history of return of living dead the entire book which is on this channel it's like five or six parts and if you are return of living dead nut it's a great way to sort of like re-explore that kind of stuff so that's good too um trying to think if there's anything else housekeeping 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 you want me jerk you off Sorry, that might be a little culturally insensitive in this day and age. I'm never really sure. Um, a little tired. I ate, uh, my wife ordered PF Chang's. I used to work at PF Chang's, by the way, folks. I, I worked for PF Chang's for six years. So I pretty much ate Chinese food every day for six years, which is terrible for your health. Probably shortened my lifespan by a significant amount. Um, but you know when you walk away from chinese food and then you eat it again you don't realize how much you wrecks your body so i ate uh combo low main and they make the best low main at pf Chang's. i ate a combo low main and it just it took me out man we're we're showing my boy uh, he's watching lord of the rings we're showing him the lord of the rings for the first time he just finished all three parts of the hobbit now he's into we're watching fellowship of the ring can't even keep my eyes open. I'm dead, dead from the itis. I'm just like curled up on the couch, can't frigging move, man. Just like com- in complete, the body has gone into shock because I unleashed a massive sodium bomb. <laughs> That's what it's. Salt, man. Salt's worse the, worse for you than sugar, some say. It's delicious though. Um, those, you know, they have these special kettle potato chips at uh, uh, what's it called? Uh, Stew Leonard's. Was a phenomenal. Phenomenal kettle. kettle. I can't talk. I can't talk. I'm like exhausted. I'm exhausted. I'm pushing myself to do the show. I'd rather go upstairs, watch Curb Enthusiasm. I haven't seen it yet, but I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it because I love this. I love doing this with you guys. Truly. All right. Shall we launch in? I think I just stalled for about 10 minutes. So that's good. Okay. All right. All right. All right. Blah, 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 blah. Tonight's show. In addition to being powered by riotstickers.com, we'll talk about that more later, we are also uh, bringing you uh, Upside Down Plum Polar Seltzer. This is a really good. This smells really, really good. you got to try the Upside Down Plum Seltzer. Very nice bouquet. What's up, Daggerlove, in the comments? Happy holidays to you. Um, yeah. All right, guys. No more stalling. Let's launch. Let's launch into this thing. We need to get our screen. We need to get our screen. Screen. I understand the screen. Screen, 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 screen. There is let's go to page 84. 84. We're Eagles there. Do you think they really care? Jerry only likes ranch. I don't remember what page we are on, man. Jeebus. Did you show? No. No. All right. This is the page we're on. Okay. 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 Yeah. All right. I guess. Oh shit. I don't even remember. I don't remember where we were. Yeah. Spinal tap, blah, blah, blah. How'd you feel, guys? How'd you guys feel about the phase prior to the breakup, the flash phase? Yeah, um, yeah, 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 yeah. Yes. All right, let's do it. Let's do this. so probably bloodshed. Bobby, Bobby blood Jet. okay where are we you see how lethargic I am tonight I am just lethargiocio so maximum rock and roll so we're picking up but like I said we are in the middle this is part three of four I think of uh Jerry's Jerry's kids or Jerry's kids series we're doing maximum rock and roll for 1995 so Jerry only is in he's in the misfits. 95. This is Misfits 95. Uh, We already went over this in the last two episodes. It's not the 93. It's post. It's post 93. So he's doing the Misfits now. Sockham Maximum Rock and Roll. He says, Maximum, this is, I think this is the last question. We're just going to overlap this. How did you feel about the band's thrash phase prior to the breakup? Joey says, the Misfits should not be following cracks in the road. It's not like water running downhill. Just because... At the time, someone's going to the left just because at the time it seems like the right move. If that's not where we're going, then who cares? We go where we where we go. We're out, we're out there breaking new ground, breaking new frontiers. That was the main wedge of our band. We were able to bust through solid walls because of the way we would hit them and do. I mean, just like that with every page. It's like we're missing something on the page. I don't know. Um, and now we're. Now we do the past. And you look at the Misfits products that came out. We never made a dime off it. Even when we're in our lawsuit against Caroline, we had to buy up all these bootlegs. They spent, so that's one of the things in order to catalog and properly sort of understand every everything that was being sold, I guess. I don't know what the reasons were exactly for collecting the bootlegs. I don't know what that had to necessarily do with Glenn Danzig per se, um, but they they had to, basically catalog all the bootlegs they bought up all these bootlegs. jerry did and there are videotapes in the possession of mike hideous he talked about it on his episode where jerry is just like sort of going over he's going over all the different bootlegs and stuff and jerry says that's why i know what real crap they are and the amount of money you got to spend for them is just totally insane but there's a lot of different concepts that came out of the bootlegs Hey, this got a good cover. Hey, look at this sleeve. And a a lot of it was educational. And some of it, we may even boot the bootleg stuff and put it in our catalog in the format these guys came up with. There's a lot of heavy bootlegging going on out there. Yes, that's true. I I mean, but that's partially like, why is there bootleg? There's bootlegging, A, because people want to just, people bootleg to make money. But B, I, I think a part of it also has to do with the scarcity of misfits vinyl even in the 80s and people wanting to hear this stuff and you know what happens when the market what happens when there's a demand in the market and there's just not enough uh you know product to to keep the market happy you're going to get counterfeit or bootleg stuff comes up someone comes out real shitty but as jerry only says and i've seen them too misfits bootlegs are really really cool it's always it's not the same material it's the same material that's been bootlegged over and over and over again different people get a hold of it and they, they basically, basically what they're doing is they're playing Glenn dancing. That's what they want to do. They take this, these songs that they really love and this material that they really love and then they go out and they make their own packaging and they get to put it out. They put it out without getting to write any music. So it's like they're playing, they're playing distro and they're making money doing it, you know? Um, so yeah, I don't know. Um, so then why do you two have a wrench next to your names? Um, I made them I made them moderators of the uh of of the live chat dagger. If you'd like to be one too, you're regular enough here. Like I'll add you, I'll I'll put a little wrench next to your name. You gotta give me a minute though. Um you can't do it right this second as I'm reading. If that is your desire. So yeah, so so here Jerry only's talking about like, hey, we can. Let's we'll bootleg our we'll bootleg the bootlegs and then we'll uh, you know we'll put out the stuff and to an extent I think you kind of I I I think you kind of see that on Static Age a bit it kind of feels that way all right you're a tool as well you're a tool as well Daggerlove. you you can kind of see that on Static Age a little bit it kind of has that feel like it could be like sort of that uh, that aesthetic. That's not Glenn Danzig's aesthetic. That's, you know, Tom DeGowitz sort of trying to emulate what something, the sensibilities of Glenn, and doing a phenomenal job at it, by the way, with input from Jerry only, I'm sure, in in this exact kind of way that he's talking about here. Like, hey, we're gonna bootleg the bootleg, that kind of thing. I don't know, I don't know. I'm, I'm just sort of making that up. <laughs> I don't actually know. Um, maximum rock and roll says i know there's quite a bit of them jerry only says yeah they come out on different vinyl and some of them are reversions of older bootlegs exactly so it's just it's just i mean literally for 30 years people have just been reboot liking the same stuff over and over and over so it's reversions of older bootlegs so they are actually booting the boots we came up with this idea we wanted caroline what we wanted Caroline to do was go out and buy every bootleg that's out there and put them on a DAT and put them into a computer. So this way you could send a blank tape. It would be like a library of boots. That's okay, so that's, I guess that's what, that's the reason for doing the boots. I mean, for collecting all the bootlegs, that's fascinating, dude. So Jerry only like went out and collected all these boots because he wanted to have a database. He wanted Caroline to have a database where you could send in a blank ta- tape and get like a, a, a copy of a bootleg. Uh, you send in the blank blank tape and we'll bust you out a bootleg for five bucks. Now the bootleg that's going for like 50 bucks sits on the shelf. The only way to really beat out a bootlegger is to sell more product than they can get there uh, uh, than, than they can and get the stuff out there. I mean, He's not wrong. It's definitely a a pragmatic approach to combating bootlegging, Um, which, by the way, you know, I know bootlegging was a problem back then. But how much really was it a problem? I mean, it was was it really a problem? Like, look at like look at like a band like the Beatles. I know the Beatles are a far cry from, say, the Misfits. But like if you look at the Beatles, the Beatles were one of the most heavily bootlegged bands of all time. And I don't think it ever hurt the Beatles sales. You know what I mean? That's just kind of interesting about that. Um, a lot of the stuff being boot, like, like I suppose bootlegging, here's the other thing too, about the Misfits records is that they're all limited um, amounts. They're all limited pressings. So if they're not repressing their own stock, their own bootlegs, then what, what's the like, you know, they're not, it's not really, they're not making any money. The Misfits are not making any money on the secondary market. And that's kind of like how the bootlegs operate. The, 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 the primary market sells out and then the, the boots take over. I mean, so the Misfits are not going to be getting the money anyway, you know? And then on top of it all, it's Glenn who's getting money. It's not even Jerry and Doyle and all them, that, And that's why, you know, Backworld and whatnot. So it's, I don't know. It's just, uh, it's kind of interesting, but bootlegging is the enemy in, in you know, the 90s in general. It's always bootlegging, so evil, bad, blah, blah, blah. I'm not saying I'm pro-bootlegging per se. I'm just saying that, you know, if you have, if there's a thirst and demand for a product and you're not meeting that demand, bootlegging is a natural byproduct of what is going to happen on some level. You know? Um, yeah, Lord Stanhope says, bootlegging is the basis of deadhead culture. That is true. That is what made, that is basically what allowed that's what spread the grateful dead's music it wasn't their album sales it was bootlegging and that's what kept them in business for 30 years frankly so depending on the the situation bootlegging can be very beneficial a pragmatic kind of way you know to an extent but in the case of the grateful dead they're still going out and playing shows and those shows are selling because people listen to the music spreads people like the music when the band comes to town they are seeing monetary compensation because people are coming to the shows to watch them play. They're also getting this vast archive of material that's being recorded, and then they're doing these all these wonderful reissues all these years later. Whereas the Misfits are not only broken up, I mean, not only are there limited amounts of their of their releases to begin with, but they've also broken up. So there's, I mean, they're not benefiting necessarily from bootlegging in that way. What is happening though is with along with Metallica and all the rest, their music is still spreading even though their music was released in limited quantities, I guess. I guess. Um, Most, I find that a lot of the bootlegs don't really have, a lot of the bootlegs don't have labels. So that's really cool that yours do because generally they don't. I mean, I do think bootlegs do fulfill one purpose because you can't get an official reissue. If you want to own the stuff on vinyl, you can through the bootlegs you can have it you know you can have copies if you like the art if you like the art the the ritual of spinning vinyl uh to listen to music you can do so in that kind of way um dagger says i used to go to the lodi flea market lots of bootlegs there at the time there you go there you go so that's interesting um So Jerry's like, Jerry's collecting all the bootlegs because he wants to make a database and then he wants to uh, allow people to basically, he wants like to do a secondary market. He wants to bootleg his own stuff. I don't know. I I feel like that's kind of backwards too. Why don't you just repress it? Just repress everything. and, and, And that's it. Just repress it and make money that way. People will buy it. People will buy, like if they were to repress Misfits Vinyl, people would buy that stuff. You know? maximum rock and roll says which is basically all the new stuff coming out is gonna do you can just wing it you can just wing on over to the record store and pick all that stuff up jerry only says right for like bullet and that kind of stuff there's a lot of different takes that uh that we did that were never released so when you do buy a record say with horror business on it if there's like three or four takes from horror business you might get them this time that's what I'm pumping to do. I'm pumping to drop out all these different versions and give background on each one where it was recorded and, and when and the lineup and stuff like that. I know we've been through about a million different lineups throughout our career. I mean, so it's like interesting to hear Jerry only talk about bootlegs. This is why you got to read this stuff, man. Again, I know we said that last time, but still Maxim rock and roll says, Hmm, what have I got? Well, you answered my question about Christ the Conqueror already. And Jerry says, right, right, off, right off the air. The Christ thing we did. So here's Jerry now. Okay, now this is going to be interesting. Here is post Christ the Conqueror Jerry in 1995. He's back doing the Misfits. Here's how he feels about Christ the Conqueror. He says, the Christ thing we did when the Misfits name was locked down in court and we really couldn't get much done. So what Doyle and I did, we sat back and wrote the album that was musically a step above the stuff we're doing now. It had a lot of riffs in it and a lot of good drum cuts. It was kind of like Iron Maiden meets the Misfits, Motorhead's amps or something like this. We went out and hired a singer that had a real Viking type godly voice. We were trying to form ourselves in the image of the Lord. We went out and got this guy and had this and had these really great vocals. And he wasn't into doing the project on a full-time basis. His head was in some other stratosphere, but in reality, he was contracted to not. He couldn't. He couldn't. And I don't think he really wanted to anyway. Jeff Jeff Scott Soto. So we went ahead without him and put out the album. Well, not the album, the EP. But the album will come out. So even in 1995, he thinks that the album will come out. He said, there's a song called Wherever I Roam on there. We made the misfortune of handling, of handing the tape out to a few friends at an injustice for All show. We were shocked to find out that there was a song called Wherever I May Roam on the album that came out after that. We were a little frustrated with that. So he's talking about going to Metallica's show, handing them a the cassette tape, and that they have a song called Wherever I May Roam maximum rock and roll says burned again and jerry says burned again well you know you try to be nice to people and do the right thing and it doesn't always work out that way so what are you going to do there is some precedent for what jerry is saying i'm not saying that metallica necessarily ripped them off i mean but that's even from what that sounds like but you know that would happen all the time in the misfits they would give tapes out glenn was so so generously give out tapes to guys in the necros and then those would get passed passed around and Carelessly, at some point, that's how stuff gets bootlegged. You know, that's how stuff would get out in that kind of way. Um, Dagger says, in terms of the bootlegs, it was almost all live bootlegs that have real ones hidden in the back for hundreds. And this is back in the '80s. Uh, Lord says Metallica was known for that crap in terms of ripping, ripping off song titles and whatnot. Interesting. Um, Maximum Rock and Roll says. What do you think about a lot of Misfits covers going around? A lot of bands playing Misfits tunes. Jerry only says, Well, they're good songs to cut, they're too good tunes to cover. We covered Iggy Pop tunes. There's one that's one thing we used to do. We so this is interesting. I've never heard this before. He says, not only did they do I Got a Right, which Glenn has written about, it, except they changed the the song from anytime I wanna Anytime I Wanna Got a Right to Move to Anytime I Wanna Got a Right to Kill. That's what that's how they used to sing it back in, in uh, the, the Danzig days. But apparently they used to do Search and Destroy as well. Jerry says, we also did a Black Flag tune. We used to do Rise Above from time to time. You find songs that just kind of niche, niche you, find your band, and you say, wow, wouldn't that be cool to play? And it's nice when you know the people who are doing the songs so they can show it to you the right way instead of sitting down and trying to figure it out, figure out, figure the damn thing out. Maximum Rock and Roll asks, did you show Metallica? Jerry only says, well, actually, they wound up showing me. (laughs) They didn't actually take my song, per se, but they did take my idea. We ran into a problem with them. We went down to see them at a place. Took us about three hours to get to them. We We took them all kinds of stuff. They pretty much snubbed us and let bouncers hassle us all night. I'm not very appreciative of the hospitality that they show. Don't come to my show if that's how you're going to treat me. That's all I've got to say. Ha, ha 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 ha. I'd like to know more about what happened there. That's interesting. Something, something went down. Maybe it was uh, Jerry sort of, uh, you know, I don't know. Who knows, man? Maxim Rock and Roll asks, How do you feel about the popularity of your old songs, like the Guns N' Roses cover, Guns N' Roses covered Attitude, Duff McKeegan singing? Generally says, a lot of the songs that are covered are really good songs. It's nice to see other bands appreciate them. It would be nice if other bands could actually be able to play them. Ha, 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 ha. I heard Guns N' Roses' Attitude, and I totally wasn't impressed with it, but I was kind of happy that they did it. Uh, Maximum rock and roll says there are so many devoted Misfits fans and everything. And even though you guys haven't played in quite some time now, since about 83 generally says, I think that the loyalty is based on the honesty of the music. Jerry only, always in all his interviews from 95, all the way up till 2016, Jerry always spoke in these sort of like roundabout, like uh, convoluted ways. He says, I think the loyalty is based on the honesty of the music. When we were doing the Misfits, you got to realize there was no money in the scene whatsoever. And any place you went, you're always getting to the next place by the skin of your teeth. You had to sleep in the van, buy new tires. You know, it was really hard. I think one of the reasons we're as big as we are is because we got tramped through that stuff and kept grinding and doing our music the way that we wanted. Another thing that I thought was really important about our band is that we're doing shows where 20 or 30 people would show up and we would play like it was the last show we were ever going to do. I think people respect you for that. Maximum Rock and Roll says, the songs hold up well, too. Jerry says, yeah, I try to stay away from politics and music. Social problems are only a matter of time. Things we might have written about in 1978 no longer apply. So why waste your time writing about a social dilemma that has nothing to do with the big picture of eternity? The Phantom of the Opera movie, Uh, what's that from, 1920 or something? I just saw the original of that two or three weeks ago for the first time, and I thought it was great. If you can bridge 80 years, uh, then that has a lot to say about your creativity and your subject matter. We totally don't want to be involved with social problems or politics or violence. I mean, violence has got nothing to do with it either. It's a waste of time and energy. Um. Maximum Rock and Roll says, well, if the Grateful Dead can go on forever, so can punk rock. Uh, that's funny that the Grateful Dead get mentioned and referenced. And by the way, it's that Maximum Rock and Roll was saying, if the Grateful Dead can go on forever, this is 1995. And I think this issue is shortly, if I'm not mistaken, uh, you know, Jerry Garcia dies in August of 1995. When is this issue from? All right, this is December of 1995. So So Jerry only, I mean, uh, Jerry Garcia is already dead. That's interesting. Uh, He says, yeah, well, the living, well, it is, (laughs) this is funny, though. He says, well, if the Grateful Dead can go on forever, so can punk rock. And then Jerry says, yeah, well, it is the living dead. So, like, does he know, (laughs) does he know what he's even talking about? Does he know that, like, the Grateful Dead are a band or something? Like, does he not, like, what is he talking about, the living dead? That's right, Robbie, it's all about the violence. Doesn't he know that? Um, he says, "Yeah, well it's it is the living dead. It's a timeless thing that we do. I don't think that we're locked into any era, we're locked into any trend or stuff like that. I'm trying to avoid these new uh I'm trying to avoid this new punk wave. He's talking about the 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 revival, this it's like the 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 third, you know, the pop punk, skate punk, you know, punk-o-rama orama epitaph you know rise of no effects fat records all that stuff 90s punk rock which is just a wonderful genre of music and and jerry's saying i'm trying to avoid this new punk wave i'm trying to get as far away from this punk revival as i can i mean even though we belong we don't belong i mean all those bands are influenced by the misfits came up by by listening to the misfits we have nothing to do with all the bands that came out and died Away and are trying to come back. We are what we are. Like, I don't know what he's saying here. What he's saying is incredibly abstract. I just don't understand what he's saying. We don't have a category. I'm very sorry for those of you out there who say that you can tag us and say that that they hang in this pile with these. What is he talking about? Bands. We're gonna try and do a lot of great things with our music and our band now. With our lineup, I think we can be very versatile. If you listen to a song like American Nightmare, it's not punk. But it's great. You can't say so. You, you can't say that song stinks. And London Dungeon is a slow song, but it's good. My favorites, Astro Zombies, I like hate breeders a lot too. It's that kind of stuff we're gonna try and get back to. We're gonna try and get back to that stuff uh that has the tunes that you walk out of this place hum- humming when you leave. That's just it. We don't want stuff, uh, we don't want to suffer the fate of this punk movement because a lot of it is just. Uh, bs coming back out the other way i'm not saying we're blowing it off at the same time i don't want to be locked into that kind of thing where we got to go out and play with a whole bunch of nostalgic type bands we're trying to do new stuff we're not going to try and walk in our old shadow we're going to create new shadows (laughs) jerry what are you talking about man (laughs) jerry i love you jerry but what are you (laughs) talking what are you talking about Maxim rock and roll says, everyone here is poking at me, asking me to ask you if you believe in Satan. Jerry laughs and says, well, I believe in God, so I guess I do. That's just like in right in um, from Dust Till Dawn, when they're trying to make Harvey Keitel have his faith. Again, he goes, if if uh, hell exists, if vampires exist, that means hell exists. And if there's a hell, then there's a God. Uh, so what are you? Are you uh, mean? um?" paraphrasing are you a mean mother effing uh soldier of god something like that and then harvey Keitel doesn't curse in the, in the in the thing jacob his name's jacob he goes i'm a mean mm, mm, soldier of god great friggin movie daniel says london dungeon how many times have i hummed that to myself while walking down the hall uh, probably more than we can count mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it's like a I want to hear like a new wave death version, death rock version. You know, with like that, like, that, like, sort of swishy synth vibe, like super 80s. And then, like, you have like, a, I don't know, like, a, I'm trying to think of like a good new wave. They call us walking corpses, unholy living dad lock up. In the British you know what I'm talking about? Could you imagine that? Yeah, like, yeah, a little bit like Joy Division, I guess. Something like that. Although I don't think I sound, if it was, if I was doing Ian Curtis, it would be more like, they call, if it was Ian Curtis, it would be more like, <clears throat> they call us walk. No, that's not, that's, uh um, that's Pete, uh, fuck from uh, Bauhaus. I have a, what's his name? Peter, not Peter Ash, Peter, yeah, Little Sisters of Mercy in there too. What's the name of the, Peter, what? Peter from, um, Peter from, from, from Bauhaus. What the hell is his name? It's going to bother me. They call, Peter Murphy. Thank you. Yes, Peter Murphy. That's what I meant to say. Thank you, Peter Murphy. This would be like, Walkers, walking corpses, unholy living dead. They had to lock us up, put us in the British hell. You know, like that, that, like that weird, like um, sample. They call that sort of thing. What's up, crazy white boy? How you doing? Happy holidays. Merry Christmas to all who celebrate. Uh, Anyway, where were we in this in this interview? My neck really hurts. I need to do some yoga. Uh, Maximum Rock and Roll says, let's talk about Jerry only these days. You live out in the country in New Jersey. Jerry says, yeah, we're about an hour out of Manhattan, up in northern Jersey. They're in Vernon, New Jersey. We've got a ski slope in our town and horse riding and all that kind of stuff. Um, maximum rock and roll. And you got some little ones running around. He goes, yeah, we do. I got a daughter that's going to be 13. My son's going to be 10. Jerry, Jerry Jr. is my age. I think we were both born in 85. Um, I did the family thing while we were out of this. It rounds you off and makes you a lot tougher. It's fulfilling. I would have hated to have been locked into music for the last 20 years, not be able to have a family. My family's at the point now where my kids are starting to hang out with their friends. So it's nice for me to walk back in exactly when I walked back into it. I don't regret it. I, 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 man, I totally, I totally get that, Jerry. I think that's great. And I think that's great for you. It's like, as, as his kids are getting older now, now he can like sort of like dive back into doing his his misfits, his misfit stuff. Yeah. Fields of the Nephilim. That's uh my kid. My kid loves that band. Um, yes, and they did, right, Action Park. They did a show at Action Park. They did a big, big show when the Misfits came back in 96. Um, Maximum Rock and Roll asks, so, so when you get back together, there will be mis- Misfits tours and all. I think this is the final page. Is there another page after this? No, it's kind of, that's so weird. It just kind of... Yeah, this is the last page. Let's just do it. Let's just do it. Um, so Maximum Rock and Roll says, so when you get back together, there will be a there there will be Misfits tours in all? and all question mark. generally says, I might as well let you guys know about this. We're trying to redo Chiller Theater. We've got a guy who, were, who were shooting TV pilots all summer long, so that's when they're doing that's when they're trying to be horror hosts and they're doing the hideous sun demon. That's what that is. So that's what they're doing. When he says redo chiller theater, him and Doyle, and you can watch it on YouTube that they're, they're doing like the, they're doing like segments in between the movie. They're basically trying to turn themselves into like vampira. you know? Um, pretty funny, pretty funny, funny stuff. To hear Doyle, who clearly doesn't want to be talking about the hideous sun demon and his brothers like making him do it. They did another movie, too. I forget what it was called. But in any case, uh, we've got a guy who we're shooting TV pilots all summer long with, I guess. Uh, What we're going to do is we're going to have a horror show on where we host it and we have guests in the middle, like painters, like Basil Gogos or Boris. Uh, I think they did something with Basil as well. Uh, or sculptors and prop guys who make masks and stuff like that. We're going to try and bring it on all the different, we're going to try and bring on all the different aspects of horror movie making and bring on guests and show these, all these old fifties B movies, not the real corny ones, the real corny ones. Like, Oh yeah, that's what they did. They did the crawling eye and the hideous sun demon and the horror hotel and stuff like this. We're gonna give you guys all kinds of background information on them. It's not gonna be like Elvi- the Elvira thing, which was kind of corny, where she's always making fun of them. We ain't down with that. We're actually making it like a documentary on each movie and trying to bring in a guest for it that coincides with what the movie is about, which is not like a good idea. But it's just funny. Like Jerry is so industrious, man. He's always looking for like an angle to market him and the Misfits. They went from doing horror host stuff to being in wrestling. Like Jerry was always willing to try something new and adventurous. So even if it doesn't necessarily embody what like the misfits were about, like it's just fun. Jerry only is always off doing fun, silly adventures in trying to do stuff with the misfits. And like I said, you know, you can spend all your energy hating on him for it or celebrate it and cherish it and laugh at it for what it is. And, appreciate it for what it is and so that's how i choose to view it so it's kind of i think it's great he says we've got a buddy of ours who runs a horror show convention out in new york and we just did chiller theater so he has all the old tapes and all the background meaning like the the sets we have a guy who shoots music videos is going to come up and do it with us drew stone out of new york so drew stone who does the new york hardcore chronicles is mentioned here and they're saying that Drew, who was in a band called Antidote, that was he had, he, he was in a band with Googie in the '80s, uh, and another band called The High and Mighty, and now he runs the, the, the Hardcore Chronicles show. That like I'm super, I, I wish that I was as you know doing like what he does because I think he does it really great. If I'm being honest, but that's just funny that Drew Stone gets mentioned here. Uh, we're gonna try and sell it to TBS or TNT or something. Or somebody. So he he wants to follow in the footsteps of Monster Vision. Um, He says, maybe we won't be playing right away. Maybe we'll be on TV. So he doesn't even know if they're going to be doing shows. He's just trying to bring the Misfits back in some way, shape, or form. It's like, that's the angle we're trying to take. We're trying to, we're we're looking to play for Halloween. We're going to try. So right, 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 right. Because, okay, here's what's interesting, too. Well, he says, we're looking for, to play Halloween, but this came out in December. So this 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 must interview must have been done. I wonder when this interview was recorded. That's so interesting. When did they, if this is the December issue of 1995, the Misfits have already played shows. But he says, we're looking to play for Halloween because the Halloween 95 is when they came back. That's interesting. huh? Wow. He says we're gonna bring Dave Vanian right in after we shoot these pilots. Everything looks good. We're gonna try and play the Limelight in New York for Halloween. The Limelight—that's that's in New York. He just said that. The Limeline in the Limelight in New York. And then Max from Rock and Roll literally asks the Limelight. That is in New York. Like, yeah, duh, duh, it's in New York. Um, Jerry only said Jerry only says. Yeah, it's an old church for people out in San Francisco that have never heard of it. All oh, right, that's right, because it's Max from Rock and Rolls out in San Francisco. have never heard of it and never seen it. It's huge. It holds about 1,500 people. It was in the 90s. It was um, uh, a big rave spot, too. It was a big, like, lots of raves would happen at the limelight. If, oh, sorry, this seltzer's making me burp. If MGM would uh, would have come to me and said, here is $20 million and build a place to film a video of you guys in. I would have built this church. The church is perfect. It's got its own lights and sound. It's got all these catwalks right behind the stage. Is a 30-foot stained glass window. That's probably where we're going to try and do this thing. We're excited about it. We're going to strap grenades to the outside of it for the end of the show and just pull the wires. It has the right fire for the show. He's talking about blowing up a giant 30-foot stained glass window. As we're going around San Francisco, we were checking out all the different venues. We feel that probably the best thing for us to do when we come back to town is to book two nights at the Great American Music Hall. It's fantastic. It's got the right look about it. It doesn't hold as many people as we would like, but the acoustics in it seem to be fantastic. The thing is, the thing just rings. You stand in the middle of it and you clap your hands, and all you can hear, and you can hear the sound throughout the place. I don't know how the PA is. We might have to bring a little extra PA. It seems to have the right feel. The big thing about the Misfits coming back, especially if we've got Dave, who's got this vampire thing going on, which is our thing. It's going to be a tour when we do a big city on the weekend and promote it all week long going into it. We're pretty much... We'll pretty much pick a place that appeals to the kids and also appeals to the image of the band. It's not how many tickets we can sell. It's who do we want to play, not where should we play to make the most money. We don't really care about that. It's just a matter of coming out. We want to make some really great videos, maybe bring a few new songs to the table when we do come to town. You know, our new restrictions agreed in the lawsuit settlement as far as the old Misfits music we can't make videos of the old Misfits tunes. How about that? So one of the stipulations of the lawsuit of the settlement is that they cannot make any music videos for the old Misfits tunes, which is something maybe that they wanted to do. Because why would you make a music video for a song that's 12 years old at this point, especially if you're agenda or your goal is to go out there and write new music. That's very interesting. Um, if you want to hear the old Misfits tunes, you got to come see us play them or you won't get any new versions of them, although they would try. They did Evil Live 2 and then Glenn did, I don't know what whether he filed something or something. They put the kibosh on they put the kibosh on that. Glenn put the kibosh on that and you know Evil Live 2 is a a rare collector's item as a result. Um, I kind of like that. But at the same time, we can't video them. So we'll be videoing new songs that we write. And one of the songs they would do is Dig Up Her Bones. They would do a music video for Dig Up Her Bones. And that's how they met John Caffiero, right? John Caffiero was the guy who directed that. They met him at Chiller Theater. And they they did a music video with him, and that's how he got involved with that whole operation, just through that angle. And um, there you have it, folks. So that is we finished it today. I like I said, I was hoping to taper that out over uh, a few weeks. Filler. We'll we'll touch back on another interview when when it's prudent to do so, but. Sub genius, ha 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 ha, but um, but a ba, but ba ba yeah, no, that's it, man, that's it, baby. Nice short episode tonight. Um, little sticky, little sticky. You know what else is sticky? Stickers. Stickers are sticky. Um, when I need to stick something, to something, I usually like to use a sticker to do it. And the best place to go for your stickers is riotstickers.com, which happens to power the us channel. And by the way, we're doing a nice deal. Look at the little ticker tape below. See that? See the scoring thing? Nice deal for your band. Uh, it's normally $59, but you can get 50% off for $29.50. You can get 53 by 3 stickers at riotstickers.com with the 50% off code us. So you put us in, and the link is in the description below of the video. Okay? That's what you got to do. Riot Stickers knows. Riot Stickers knows. We got hot tub Rob in the house. What's up, hot tub? We got a Christmas tree in your hot tub. I hope you don't have the lights connected because that could be a um, electrical hazard. But um, yeah, if you if you need stickers, go to Riot Stickers for all your stickering needs. And if you want to know more about what Riot Stickers is about, you can check out that episode that we did with uh, Josh, who is in this chat right now. Josh, I hope you have a wonderful holiday. Have Merry Christmas to you and your family. Um, Dave Vanian is a nice guy, but would not work with the Misfits, especially new Misfits. There's a yeah, there's a lot going on. See, that would be okay. That would be a really interesting video to do. And if I can get all my ducks in a row, um, hmm, you know, the Misfits and Dave Vanian, that would be that would be that would be a, would be a good video for sure loved the dr loki episode with joey pasta any chance of having mike hideous on again maybe in a group episode also you know anything's possible we'll see what the future holds Uh, i always have fun with loki uh had a great time with mike hideous on that episode it was a lot of fun um you never know what you never know what the future holds um we'll see it but before we continue on here we'll get bullshit a little bit before we uh, before we, 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 we finish out here, we do need to watch the video. is that can you write better music what do you mean jason i don't i don't even understand what your comment is um are you referring to the the riot stickers video freaking music's awesome what are you talking about what a what a what an unnecessary unsavory comment jason completely uncalled for um mike hideous was on mike hideous was on an episode of pizza punk and we talked for three hours and there's a lot of great stuff in that episode. I should really clip that one up too. Uh, no, Mike, Mike had some good stuff to say. It, it was, it was a good all encompassing episode. I was Glad to have him on. It was, it was a nice episode. It wasn't bad. Um, yes. I mean, so what a, first of all, I love how you assume that I, I told you, I'm not even a musician. You assume that I wrote the music. I didn't even write that music. And second of all, it's a good song, dude. Guy from Less Than Jake wrote that song. I mean, like, it's like such a, I don't know. Jason, like, you know, if you don't like it, friggin' change the channel, man. Change the channel, Jason. Uh, I read his book. Seems like an interesting guy. Yeah, he has a book called From the Shoes of a... uh, Something from the uh, crown of an empire to the shoes of a misfit. From the boots of an empire to the shoe, from a crown of a, I don't know, something like that. Go to mykideous.com. You can probably check that out. It's probably there. Um, maybe, but if you're going to have the mighty misfits in this episode, you should have better tunes. I don't even know what to say to that. I'm just going to not acknowledge your ridiculous comments. <laughs> <laughs> Right, from the king of an empire to the shoes of a misfit. Right, yes, that's the name of the book. You can you can find it somewhere. So, what is everybody doing for? What, does anybody have any uh, Christmas plans planned? Anything? Anything going on? Yeah, anything good cooking? What's everybody do for Christmas? For me, we eat Chinese food and we watch movies. That's how we do it. Um, you guys eat like a eat a turkey dinner. Uh, chicken dinner chicken dinner or turkey dinner i know the 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 italians they like to eat fishes they eat seven fishes that's what they do then you go to you go to church at midnight right sing some songs um sugar cookies out for santa i love sugar cookies by the way favorite kind of cookie if you couldn't tell by my fat face um yeah Yes, that's what I'm saying, dude. Chinese food on Xmas Eve and Matrix re- Resurrections. I'm, I'm. That's what I'm waiting for. Lasagna, okay. Dagger's doing lasagna. That's great. I dig that. I dig that. Um, and then New Year's Eve is right after that, and then oh my God, we're gonna be in 2022. That is just absolutely insane. Fish, fish is Christmas Eve. Now, Dagger, uh, enlighten me here. Is, is, is fish, is that just an Italian tradition or all Christians do that, right? Do all Christians do that where they, um, they eat fish on Christmas Eve and they eat chicken? Uh, or turkey on yeah it's a turkey right you do a turkey gobble gobble i don't know i, I really don't know try to uh, enlighten me please I'm, I'm genuinely asking here i always thought that just italians did fish and i know that like the greeks they don't even celebrate christmas now they wait until january it's crazy really really crazy christmas Chris says Christmas is a good bonfire in the backyard. That's beautiful, man. I love that. And you know, it's funny. We thought about doing a bonfire tonight. I was like, oh, I got to do the show tonight. So we didn't do it. But I really want to do like a winter solstice bonfire in the backyard. We have a fire pit. And I love, love doing that. Really, truly. Um, Jeff, Jeff's Addiction says, I usually watch random movies at this time of year. It's a time of reflection. Gonna Going to watch Light of Day. Huh, that's cool. Um, Jagger says, lots of driving to be with family and loved ones on Christmas Eve and Christmas Day. Be safe, Jagger. Safe travels to you and to your family. And, you know, with all the, you know, stuff going on and whatnot. Be, um, be careful out there, is what I mean to say. Um, yeah, it's just, you know. End of, end of year, right? And then we're going to go into those. Although it has been a pretty mild winter. It has not been super duper crazy. Crazy in the brain. Crazy insane. I'm trying to think if there's anything else we could do here, guys, before we, we wrap it up. Anybody got a thread we could tug on? Something interesting? Something interesting to make a meal out of? You know, what kind of content you want to see on the channel? Any movies we should cover? I don't know. You let me know. You let me know. Uh, hey. Anytime. Anytime. Throw them hands in the air and wave them around like you just don't care. Um, tomorrow night, we're going to... Safe travels to you as well, Josh. Um, Tomorrow night, I'm going to be on the Sinful Celluloid channel. We're going to be talking about uh, vampire movies, like 70s Euro vampire movies, uh, lesbian variety, like the lesbian vampire genre. I don't know anything about this stuff. I'm going to try my best. Go check that out. Um, The Return of the Living Dead show, what, for Sinful Celluloid? We did... um, yeah, we did do that. It is on this channel, but we've got so much. There's so much Laternal Living Dead stuff. Did you ever talk to the Nutley Brass guy? No, but I would love to. I would absolutely love to have that guy on the channel and learn all about Misfits meet the Nutley Brass. That is a that 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 was a nutty situation. That was a nutty situation. Um. <laughs> Oh, (laughs) all right, guys. I just bullcrapped us to an hour. Uh, Like I said, tomorrow night, brand new Patreon video dropping for the Patreons. If you're a YouTube casualty or higher, really uh, great, uh, fun, interesting video. You will enjoy it. More coming. Um, I really appreciate all the support. If you're not familiar with the Patreon, uh, please allow me to enlighten you. But before I do, like I said, I won't see you guys until after Christmas. So, Merry Christmas to all who celebrate. Happy Holidays, Kwanzas, oh, just all the whole jam, whatever it is. Winter solstices, stuff like that. Happy New Years. We'll probably be back before New Years, I think. And most of all, as we say, we say peace and hair grease. Hey guys, what's going on? It's Jeff. So I've decided to make a Patreon. What is Patreon? I don't know how to define a Patreon. Let me look it up. Patreon is a membership platform that makes it very easy for creators to get paid for the things that they're already creating. I want to do it full-time. I want this to be my full-time job. In my efforts to make that happen, I've set up this platform. Is it going to work? Is it going to be successful? I don't know, but I would rather try and crash and burn than not try at all. The goal is to create enough passive revenue so that I can continue to do this full-time You get to peek behind the veil. And believe me, there's a couple of choice pieces. Most of all, more than anything, whether you join the Patreon or not, I just want to thank each and every one of you that comes to the channel, that watches all the shows, that leaves comments, that participates that subscribes. That's really the most important thing. This is just trying to find a way to earn a living as an artist. And with that, thank you for my TED Talk. Join the Patreon because we need you! 66 cents. Make it Make it Make it Make it Make it Oh, oh,